You are listening to Let Me Overthink About It, where I dive into a series of topics that occupy my anxious mind. I'm Sam Mador, overthinker extraordinaire. This week, I'm overthinking about community with Semet Suri. I am here with Semet Suri. Hello, Sammy. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Living, chilling, living my best life. Oh, I love it. And we are in the midst of like a complete downpour in Nova Scotia. You're in Halifax. I'm in Truro. Yes, it is pouring. It, it's really, really gross outside. I intended to like go out and get some work done today, but it's going to be a sitting on the couch and working kind of day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we're going to overthink about community today. And mm-hmm. I love, sometimes I impose my own thoughts on what we should talk about. Um, but I love that when my guests tell me what they'd like to overthink about, and I love that you've chosen this because mm-hmm. what I do know of you, you have a very strong community and you're very community minded. So I feel like that's such a great fit uh, to chat with you about. I'm so excited about it. I we as humans, we are social creatures and community and belonging is so important to us. And as somebody who moved not just out of home, but like away from the country that I grew up in and everything that I knew at 18 years old, you have a very different idea of the importance of community then versus what it is now and how it evolves. And it's not just family, it's your friends, it's the people around you, online communities. Um, And I think it's really shaped who I am in so many ways. And it's so important. And is that why you chose it, Sammy? Was it like, okay, this is something I feel so passionate about that this is something I, I have overthought about and can overthink about again? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think something that I'm focusing a lot on right now is I recently started organizing events for BIPOC creatives to be able I to come together that. and have a shared space. And I think it's because we don't have enough communities for BIPOC individuals, especially in the creative field, because we, a lot of us come from the mindset of you have to have a stable job and you only do creative things as a hobby. And there's, you can never kind of take that and turn it into something that's full time or something that you're passionate about. That stability is really, really important to us. Um, So we tend to lean towards like nine to fives and these jobs that don't really allow us these creative outlets, even though we are creative people coming from these countries of amazing culture and things like that. I think we feel very lonely. A lot of us are also immigrants and we come into the creative community, not knowing anyone or knowing anything. And we kind of just start from scratch and try to make our way through and meet people. And I just wanted to create a place where you don't have to worry about that. And everybody's kind of in the same boat and we all look like each other and we all have shared experiences. And I think it's really, really valuable to have that. I agree. And so how did you start that? Like, I mean, I guess I feel like you already have to have a community of folks. Like you didn't start this the day you moved to Halifax, obviously creating this community of (laughs) folks. So where does that, how does that start? What's the process for you to make that happen? Yeah. So, I mean, I started, I, my creative journey kind of started in 2017. I started shooting some photos. I started modeling. I signed with an agency. I started acting and, you know, it all kind of grew from there. Uh, but in 2019, I was invited to like a blogger meetup 
there was this person, her name is Shika, and she was here from Ottawa. She was like traveling to Halifax and she did these things where she organized like blogger meetups. And I'd never been to one before. Like I literally didn't even know it was a thing. And I almost didn't go. She like slid into my DMs and she was like, I'm organizing this event. Do you want to come for free? And I was like, I don't know anybody. I don't really want to go. But I did. And I'm so, so glad that I did because I met like 30 people who I never would have met if I hadn't gone to an event like this. I literally didn't even know the scope of the creative community on the blogging side in Halifax. I literally didn't know that there were this many mom bloggers in the city, but we are overrun with mom bloggers. Not that it's a bad thing. There's um, a lot. <laughs> but it kind of opened up my mind to the potential of that connection in the creative community. And it was really interesting because she had about five speakers come up and talk about their experiences and how they got started and answer questions. And I was like, this is so valuable. Like, I don't know if I even would have thought to ask somebody these questions if I hadn't come to a place like this. And I was like, you know what? We need lots more of this. Like, I want to help organize and bring something like this to Halifax. So I chatted with a couple of friends. Um, my friend Candace was the owner of Almanac at the time, which is the mm. restaurant here in, Hal- in Halifax. Yeah. And I spoke to her and she brought on um, a blogger who she knows, Catherine, her handle is Fork Your Diet. She was a big food blogger in Halifax back at the time. And we were like, oh my God, we want to do this. We want to create this community. And we started organizing it. And the date for it was supposed to be April 4th, 2020. And the whole world shut I down. I knew you were going to say. I knew you were going to connect it somehow to 2020 where you, everyone had these great ideas. <laughs> wow. Life was so different. I'm still in that place where I feel like 2020 was last year or like 2019 was last year, but oh, time yeah. was fake. Um, and then that everything kind of got tabled at the time. And in June of 2020, we had such a big um, push and uprising of BIPOC voices, you know, with the murder of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. And I think That was the first time that I kind of realized, even as a BIPOC individual, I was like, wow, this actually matters. Like our voices matter. And I, we shouldn't be trying so hard to fit in because since I moved here in 2014, anything, everything that I've ever wanted to do has been around fitting in. And I was like, maybe I should try to find a way to not fit in and be okay with that fact and bring a community of people together who feel the same way. So this last year, basically, I was like, you know what? I've been toying with this idea. Like things have opened up. It's 2022. It's like two years since that original idea. And I think a lot of it is just imposter syndrome. I was like, oh my God, I don't have any money. Like nobody's going to want to host me, blah, blah, blah. And I reached out and we were very, very lucky. We partnered with The Garden uh, here on October 17th, it was. And we organized our first meetup. It was just 30 people. And it was amazing and beautiful. And the connections that were built there actually led to a couple of business connections for people who came to the event and personal friendships and things like that. And um, I just wanted to keep that going. So that's what I'm doing. We organized one in November. The next one's going to be February 26th. Here listening is a BIPOC creative, whether you're a painter or a filmmaker, blogger, photographer, videographer, musician, literally any sort of creative entrepreneur, anything, um, follow me on Instagram and come out the handle actually for the, for the, for the organization, the meetups is um, at pocketbook events. So P O C K E T O O K events. That's amazing. And sorry, you said February 22nd, 2nd is the next one. Um, yes. And it's at the garden. 
That's so cool. I love that you create. And you know what? Sometimes I am cutting myself off. Sometimes I feel like that pause is necessary. Like I know you wanted to start it obviously in April and whatever, but I feel like having those two years to develop those conversations online that have happened about, you know, Black Lives Matter and all the other Mm -hmm. uh, stories that have come out worldwide is like, yeah, now it feels like a a much more natural progression of that conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it was such a big learning for me as well. Like when that happened, I realized that like, sure, I'm a BIPOC person, but I literally don't know anything about this. And I think that was the first time that I really had to check myself and my online community actually had to check me and be like, you actually don't really know anything. And I was like, you're right. I don't really know anything. And I made a concerted effort to educate myself and learn about the experiences, not just of South Asians, but other BIPOC groups groups around me. And I, I feel very happy and proud that I was able to do that. And I'm honestly so glad that I was humbled and I was checked because everybody needs that at a certain point in time. And it's mm-hmm. led to a completely different path in my life. Honestly, like I talk so much about social justice, like BIPOC voices and stories are so important to me now. And my TikTok is literally all South Asian comedy. And I never, ever would have done that if my online community didn't check me and be like, hey, you need to be better. That's awesome. And I think that's happened for so many of us too, is that sort of check, like you're saying, like whether you do it to yourself or if people call you out, it's like, you know, I speak about this stuff, but how much am I actually educated on this, on this particular topic? And the list is, is long, it's getting longer because we're actually having these important conversations now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is and great. I'm, I, I feel like, a, like educate. Educating as a BIPOC person, you know, I'm not like we often say like it's not our job to educate other people on our experiences, but and I it can be really really draining. But I think I've got so much out of it, and I've built so many connections from other people educating me and me educating other people. Um, and I think that's really valuable. Might be a yeah. controversial thought to to say that, but so much of that th- those real connections come from people who are like be better, and I'm like. Yeah. And me telling people be better. And they're like, yeah. That's so good. It's so good to have people who are open to hearing that. Cause a lot of people, you know, and a lot of white people in particular get their back up. If you're saying, you know, you know, you've got to check yourself, you've got to, you know, educate yourself and the defensive response doesn't benefit anybody. Yeah. And that's, what's going to make the world all better is everybody just learning and humbling yourself and being like, you know what, this is not my lived experience. Like I'm nobody to tell you that what you're telling me is completely wrong because that's not my point of view. I haven't, that's not, that's not my perspective. So to be able to respect other people's opinions and be like, okay, maybe before I lash out, I should really maybe do some research and apologize, you know? (sighs) Yes, exactly. I love how you say too, in the community that you've built with these meetups is, um, you know, you don't really know what to expect. There's these sort of offshoot benefits that have happened, like business uh, connections and, you know, friendships that have developed from this. And, you know, have you received that feedback from others in attendance as well in terms of, you know, what they've gotten from it? Yeah, I I think that uh, truly, like you said, it was so unexpected for me. I never, ever thought that's what would come of it. I 
I almost like thought of it as a silo. I was like, yeah, we'll all meet up and it'll be good. And we'll go to the next one and we'll all meet up and it'll be good. But my roommate, actually, she recently started like a social media consulting company called Mm -hmm. Dream Talk Creative. If anybody needs social media help, and you have like a product or service-based business, she's happy to help you. Please reach out to her. She's so good. Her name is Nami. Um, Excellent. And I can put these links too in the the show notes as well. Please do. Please do. I love, I love hyping up my friends. Um, So she, she was like thinking since she was defeating it and she was like, you know, I I do like to do this. She recently hit 10,000 followers on TikTok and she came to this event and she actually met a couple of people who ended up becoming clients of hers to be able to start off her portfolio. And she met somebody as well. Like she, she's from the same city that I'm from in India, but she grew up in the Middle East in a country called Oman. And she actually met somebody at the event who was from Oman. And she was like, this is so rare. This never happens. And Nami's mom was Sultana's teacher in school. Like it's so weird. The world is so small. So she kind of like the two of them kind of hit it off with that friendship. And Nami was able to build some business connections. Sultana, her handle is also Oi Social, O-I-S-O-C-I-A-L. She also does social media consulting and branding work and she actually met somebody else at the at the event who works for the black business initiative and she was able to do a project with them and they were like oh yeah like all of these things have come as an offshoot of this event and I was like wow that's so cool like I literally never thought that that was going to happen and it's so fulfilling for me to not just hear the enjoying and having a good time but these these meetups that to me just take a couple of hours a month for me to organize are genuinely helping people move their lives in the direction that they want to see themselves. And I think that's that's really heartwarming for me. And to feel that because I think a lot of confidence comes from that. So if you're in a group like that and you're having conversations, even if a partnership doesn't come out of it, if somebody's validating your idea or validating what you're doing, that's confidence that you take with you when you leave those meetups as well, right? It's like, okay, I, I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right track kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like you'll be able to relate to this. Being in the creative community comes with a lot of um, imposter syndrome, a lot of <laughs> You have no syndrome. idea. <laughs> yeah. And being able to be in a group of people who get it is it's life-changing because you your your group of friends if they don't have experience with this or I mean it's not like we're like Gigi Hadid and we have like millions of followers and work on all these big contracts or anything but again like that's my imposter syndrome speaking like our experiences are still valid and sometimes we need people to just be like you know you're doing a great job and I love to see what you're doing and some of the biggest things about any creative meetups is just somebody coming up to you and being like oh my god I love what you're doing I follow you X, Y, Z. And you're like, yeah, this, okay. I have this idea. Like, this is what I'm thinking about. And they were like, oh my God, yes, this is amazing. I love that idea. It's so validating and mm-hmm. it's, it builds that confidence and that sense of self, I think, yeah. which comes from community because our head, like we're, we're not sometimes or we work against ourselves up in here between our ears. So we need some people to slap us the right way and be like, you need to believe that the sun shines out of your ass. And you're like, yes, I do. I love that. <laughs> That's going on a t-shirt. That's going on a t-shirt for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Merch. Yeah, right. I love it. 
Uh, I love too that you said, Semi, about um, hyping up your friends because, and I see a lot of memes about this on social media, but also just in conversation with my own friends is like that notion, especially with women that were competition instead of cheerleaders for each other is Mm -hmm. so prominent in our brains. And I have a hard time still with that thinking, oh, if somebody does something that's similar to what I'm good at, then that doesn't leave enough room for me to still also be good at that. Do you see that in in this community as well? Um, I feel like because Halifax is so small, like the Nova Scotia creative community is so small, I've had the very good fortune of not seeing that, but I know exactly what you're talking about because as like, again, we're raised in a patriarchal society. Like the world is not built for us. And I think we're, because the world is so competitive, I I actually see it a lot more back home than I see it here. Uh, We're just made to believe that anybody doing better than us is a horrible person or like, how did they get there? Or why are they doing that? And we automatically see them as competition for ourselves. And that's not the way that it should be. Like there's enough space in the world for everybody. And what appeals to somebody about me might not be what appeals to somebody about somebody else. And we're all individual, unique people. And sharing that and sharing that community and love and encouraging people isn't going to, like me saying that I love you isn't going to take anything away from me. So I think that's something that I've, I've coming here, I've really had to reprogram my brain with, because again, a competitive country where we're always like pitted against each other and things like that. And I think coming here, I had the first group of female friends who was like, yeah, you do this and you be amazing. You want to do all these projects. Absolutely. You're going to be so good at that. Whereas sometimes growing up, I had those friendships, which was like, why would you, why would you want to do that? Like, why would you want to do that? And now growing, and I think it's it's not just a product of like coming here and being from India or anything like that. It's also, I think, a product of just growing up and yeah. being like, you know what, me being secure in myself isn't going to take away from somebody else. And in fact, it might actually help them grow and me grow. Right. That's the other part of it. And that's why I always find it funny when people are surprised when, because I've done events in the past as well. And I actually started a women's social network, which is similar to your BIPOC group, Mm. um, focused on obviously women. But, um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, people get surprised if it's like, I partner up with another person who does similar work, like another event group or something like that. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, we're just kind of, you know, building upon our own skill set and growing that exactly. and making it bigger or better or whatever that looks like uh, rather mm-hmm. than looking at it like well no I'm not going to work with them because fill in the blank of self de- self deprecation <laughs> yeah absolutely like why would you not want to do that like 2 plus 2 makes 4 2 plus mm-hmm. nothing is just 2 like you have to Thinking about, like, I think it's so cool to be able to collaborate with people who are doing the exact same thing as you because you grow in communities that you wouldn't have reached to otherwise, and they'll do the same thing. And you're all like, everybody's better for it. I don't know why this was ever thought to be like a lose lose situation. Well, I think it's like you had said earlier, it's like we all we work against ourselves because as much as I say that, you know, that I, I've worked with like minded people and I've grown, mm-hmm. I still have the moments where I'm sitting on my couch going, why is she doing that? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, you fall into that sort of negative spiral, even though, you know, it's not fair and accurate and whatever. I still get caught in those, you know, negative spirals of thinking, you know, I better stop doing what I'm doing because she's doing it better. I know. Absolutely. Silly. It's it's and 
again, that's the benefit of community, right? Like if you actually meet these people and see that they're just human beings, your inner monologue is going to be like, oh, they're actually not so bad. Like, I think I have to check myself a lot because like when I'll see somebody like looking amazing on Instagram or like popping off, doing all these shoots, like getting 50,000 views on their reels and TikToks and stuff. I'm like, oh, I wonder how she does that. Like, maybe she's not a very nice person. And in my head, I'm like, you know, you do the, like, you aspire to be that. You're not a bad, like, I, I don't think I'm a bad person. Why would I assume that about somebody else? But it's the way that we're programmed to think. It's just, it is. It's, it's, it's really toxic. And I feel like even having the conversation and admitting that sometimes when I see people, I don't think the best of them. And I have to check myself and be like, no, like, just imagine if somebody's seeing you, they're going to think the same way about you, how that make you feel. And you're yeah. like, yeah. Do you actually, so when you say you check yourself, do you actually have to like do some mental work there in the moment? Is that sort of what, like you actually have to say to yourself, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. Like I'll, I'll look at somebody and be like, oh my God, like why? And then I'll kind of have a moment and I'll be like, no, like you need to take a, t- like we need to take a step back. We need to reevaluate where this is coming from because me being upset about somebody else's success isn't about them. It's about me. And it needs to, it's like, okay, you know, am I, why why am I feeling this way? Am I feeling insecure about the fact that my last creative output didn't do as well? Like, am I upset because I'm not as confident in my body as somebody else? Like, am I upset that I don't have the same like editing skills as somebody else? Or am I, you know, jealous that somebody's friends with someone else? Like, it's, it's not about them. It's about me. Yes. And it's the inner work that you need to do. For and sure. patriarchy has set women up to constantly feel poorly about themselves because it benefits society, right? For women to not have a voice and not stand up and not feel good about themselves and sell them like weight loss plans and just Botox, you know, all, all, Botox <laughs> and all this kind of shit. But yeah. if if we if we are able to check ourselves, then yeah, it, it works out. It's better for everybody. Well, it really is. And, you know, community helps with that for sure. Like mm-hmm. I think about, you know, back when I was doing my women's social network, it's like you do have those fleeting moments, of course, where you're feeling bad about yourself. But if you open up about that and you have honest conversations with that community, they will they will support you. Like inevitably yeah. they will support those. Uh, that's what I've learned anyway, is that you have people who have your back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And something interestingly that, so Nicole LaPierre, the photographer, Nicole mm-hmm. LaPierre, photography, if anybody doesn't know her, look her up. She's amazing. Um, <laughs> she was, she was a speak, she was a speaker at our first event actually. And something that she talked about, she's, she's Mi'kmaq and something that she talked about is, uh, um, the value of reciprocity and how important that is. So for example, like with your social network and events, your the shore, but people are coming there because they see value. It's not just about what you're putting out there. They want that value of what you're putting out and they want to be able to give back to you. So if they're give, if they're taking something from you, they want to give back. They want to support you. They're there to support you. And I think yeah. we just have to see the reciprocity in those experiences. If somebody's giving me something, I should feel the need to give back to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we see that value and see the best in everybody, without immediately being like, oh my God, this person's here to like steal my idea or like talk shit about me, then 
like the world will be a better place. <laughs> oh man. And when you talked earlier, you talked about social, like just the social media community too, like online community mm-hmm. is that's there too. And one of the easiest ways to show reciprocity is commenting on somebody's post and genuinely meaning what you're saying, you know, like, absolutely, like it, it doesn't help anybody if you're just being phony or whatever is to be real and to be genuine and to make those comments because it really helps whoever the person is on the other side, no matter how many followers or what likes they have, it's still helping them to feel like they're adding value to the community. Absolutely. And I mean, the fact of the matter is you and I would not be sitting across from each other having this conversation right now if it wasn't for online community. And that's something that I realized when I went to that event in 2019, all of those people who were there and we followed each other, those are people who still engage on my posts. Like they will like it. They will comment. They'll respond to my stories. Like it's, it's because we meet face to face and we're able to make that connection. You're not just somebody behind a screen. Like you're an actual human being to this other person. I do the same thing. Like I, when I, I see someone like, oh my God, you look so amazing. And like, you know, you feel happy for them because you consider them a friend at the least, like somebody that you actually personally know. Um, And that's why I think these meetups are really important. And it's to put faces and human beings to all of these handles on the screen. 100%. And we met in person this Mm -hmm. year at the Swell Conference in Sydney. And Mm -hmm. that was the first event that I had gone sort of back to in-person events at. So like that was the first time I was kind of easing back into being in person. And what a difference. Like you, because we've been robbed of that for the last two and some, however many years, it's all a blur. Mm -hmm. um, We, I think the impact of those in-person events is so much stronger. And I really felt the community was so strong and the, the people meeting people and how welcoming everyone was. There was a huge shift and it was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Even now, like when I have meetings with people and stuff like that, just for work, I would much rather meet somebody in person, like go somewhere and meet somebody in person than meet on Zoom or something like that. Because you're just, you're at the get go, you're kind of disengaged. And I think physically meeting with people, like, again, we are social beings, we're humans, we're meant to be around each other and feel each other's warmth and energy and love and being able to do that in person is such a big blessing. And that's why the world suffered so much for all those years is not being able to have that community and connection. And I think I felt like with COVID, especially for me, it was really hard because as an immigrant, I'm really far away from my family and I can't just get on a flight and go see my parents from outside their window and wave. I can't do that. So I think that's the other thing that w- when we think about community, we don't always think about family when like when, as, as, when for me, when I think about community, I don't immediately think of family. And I think it's because I immigrated here in my community is basically like my friends and these people around me. Yeah. But the value of having family close to you is so, so huge. And COVID was a big realization for me on that. Cause my grandmother passed of COVID and I wasn't able to be there when she passed. Oh, I'm so and sorry. It's, it's really hard. Like it's really, really hard to, to be able to come to terms with that. And I'm really glad that we can now get on a flight and not have to worry about it and be with our communities wherever in the world they may be. That's right. Yeah. And 
Oh man. And there's so many stories and not, I'm not downplaying your story, of course, but there's so yeah. many stories like that where those connections were lost because of just the inability to meet, to, to be mm-hmm. together. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's challenging. I think it was the first time in all of the years, cause I've lived in Canada going on nine years now. And I think that was the first time that I realized that I was like, wow, I really need to be closer to my, like, I need to be able to see my family more often. Cause even with my parents, my parents are getting older every day and I'm not really there to see that happen. And I'm yeah. getting older every day and they're not here to see that happen. And I think that loss of time is a real reality check for me. Sometimes it's really, it's really humbling to sometimes see photos of my parents and be like, wow, they've got, they look so much older. And I wasn't there to see that. Yeah. Do you find though, that like, did this sort of increase in zoom chats and FaceTime and all that jazz, did that help you? Or were you already kind of doing that with your family beforehand? I mean, with my, with my mom, with my parents, I would call them like over the phone, almost like multiple times a week. But something that is good that came out of it is every week now on Sundays, my brother and I have a video call with my mom. And then we have a video call with my dad. And it's like a routine Like we talk to each other like through the week and stuff like that. But we do have that routine of like every Sunday or Monday night, we'll come together and we'll talk. And that is something that came out of it that was really, really great. And it helped us kind of stay connected. And that was so valuable. I don't know what I would have done without that, truly. Well, and that's the thing, like there's those little gifts, those tiny little gifts that you can see in that, (laughs) right? Is Because it's so funny because now with meetings with just... in general with work or whatever, I would much rather hop on a Zoom call than Mm -hmm. hop on a phone call. Like, because, and I don't know if it's just that now I'm just used to doing it that way, or if it's just because I've appreciated so much actually being able to see somebody when I'm talking to them instead of just yammering on the phone. Absolutely. Yeah. Being able to see somebody's face. That's the other thing. Like not everybody turns their video on and I'm like, no, please let me see your face. It's so important. Um, but yeah, I would much rather do a video call than just hop on the phone for sure. Yeah. But if I have a choice between like doing a zoom call and meeting somebody in person, I would choose in person any day of the week. Like I'm one of yeah. the, like, I prefer to work in the office than working at home. I don't like to work at home. It's not good for my mental health. I'm also an introverted extrovert. So I do need to be around people to like recharge myself uh, and feel my best. So actually going into work and having that community there is very, very important to me. So, because I consider myself more introvert than extrovert, but I too would say I'm an introverted extrovert. But for Mm -hmm. me, it's like small doses. Like I, and I've actually worked, I've luckily been able to work this out with my, with my job is I work in the office in the morning. I work from home in the afternoon. Do you know what I mean? So it's like this nice balance of that introverted extrovert dynamic. So would you say that there's a point where you're like, because you have that introverted side as well, where you're like, okay, that's enough. And now I just need to go and be by myself for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I'm also a very ambitious person and I want to do a lot of things and have my fingers in a lot of different pies. And I, I tend to exhaust myself. I've also with COVID, I I get socially exhausted a lot more easily than I did before. Um, and some, I have to, sometimes I realize that I'm giving too much to other people 
and I'm tired and I do need that break. Like I can't have too much going on like two weekends in a row because it gets me really, really exhausted emotionally. Because yeah. then it's also like small things of self-care that you're not doing anymore. Like I'm not being able to fold my laundry. I'm not being able to clean my house. I'm not being able to cook and, you know, provide myself nutrition that way. Yeah. So I think this was somebody actually asked, I was on another like podcast earlier this week and they asked me, they were like, what's your resolution for 2023? And I was like, well, I don't usually do resolutions, but I think mine would be being able to give to my community in a way that satisfies me and makes me feel fulfilled while also being able to prioritize self-care mm-hmm. in the way where I'm able to just not, not, not like self-care, like put on a face mask, but self-care yeah, yeah. in a way where I'm able to actually be a human and look after myself. Not giving too much of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It's finding that balance between, because then you just burn out. You've got to find sure. that balance between, you know, giving to your community and providing what what you know fills you up as well to give mm-hmm. that to somebody else or to give that to other people, but also not exhausting yourself in the process. Yeah, absolutely. And I did, I did have a phase in 2021, beginning of 2021, where I was really, really badly burnt out because it had been a year that we'd been working from home. Everything was still kind of shut down and I didn't love my job at the time. And it kind of got to a point where I was like, I'm working like 70 hours a week and I'm so miserable. And unfortunately or fortunately, a couple of my friends were going through the same thing at the same time. And if I didn't have those people to share those experiences with and be like, I don't know what's happening with me. And they were like, we don't know what's happening with us. Maybe let's figure this out together. I don't even know where I would be right now. I would still be Uh very sad and anxious and depressed. So again, like that's the value of having community that you feel safe to be able to talk to and be like something's going on and I don't know what that is it has such a huge impact on your mental health and who you are and it's very very valuable for for me to have those friends to be able to lean on and it's like a weight gets lifted you know you hold that on you hold that in yourself or on your shoulders or in your mind and think you're the mm-hmm. only one or think that you know this is going to be the <laughs> the unraveling of me until you yeah. realize once i say it and other people agree or other people have experienced the same thing it's like a huge weight gets lifted yeah and i mean even like two two people make a group right two people make a community and even being able to share something with somebody else makes you not feel so alone. That's why like when you're going through like mental health things, people always tell you, talk about it. You're not alone. Talk about it, share in that community. I remember when I was in the fifth grade, we went to a a science museum and I don't know if you've seen this, but they have like a thing where it's like, if there's like one piece of like one nail coming out of like something, it'll poke you if you put your hand on it. But if it's a bed of nails and you lie on it, you're not going to feel the weight of all of those individual nails. It's the same way right? If you're trying to carry all that weight all by yourself, you're only going to hurt yourself. But if you share that, you share joy, you share grief, you're not going to be able, you're not going to carry all of that with yourself. Share that with other people because they want to do the same with you. That's amazing. What a great analogy. I'm such a visual person. So that's a great analogy for that. Yeah. I love it. 
Do you have, and I ask everybody this, do you have quotes? Like, do you go to like a motivational quote when you're just kind of like, okay, I need to remind myself of my worth or of my drive or whatever. Do you have one go-to quote that you have or a couple? Um, I mean, this one's super cliche, but it's, it's everything happens for a reason and truly everything does. And in the moment when bad things happen, it can be like, oh my God, this is so shitty. Like, why is this happening to me? And it's really important for me to be able to get like kind of float out of myself and get that kind of macro perspective to be like, it's okay. Like if it's here, the universe has put it here for a reason. I'm not a, I'm not a very religious person, so I don't believe in divine intervention or anything like that. It's more so the universe, the universe knows what the universe has a plan. Like it's not going to lead me astray. I'm alive and well so far. Um, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think that it would lead me astray since it's looked, looked after me for so long. So just being able to have that perspective of, it's shitty right now, but it happens for a reason and it's only going to get better from here is, is kind of the way that I, I look at it. And it's not so far. It's amazing. And it's same. Yeah. The universe for me, it's like the universe is looking out for me. That's definitely, mm-hmm. you know, a, a reminder. And I love that you're saying because it has so far, like I, yeah. you know, like that quote too is like, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like, I've made it through every rough day so far kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So who's, why would I think I couldn't make it through another one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I think something that I struggle with a lot is self-belief. So if there is another motivational quote that I find somewhere that resonates with me about self-belief, I'll I'll slap that on as my second one. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. So what's up next? I know you said February 20, um, I forget already, 22nd 22nd. is your next meetup. From 7 to 9 p.m. at the garden. I haven't yet made the event public, but I will soon it's all good and maybe by the time this goes live it will be so that's all good yeah um, and for anybody who's listening who isn't in BIPOC I am going to be doing a group of ally tickets this time for people to be able to come and share in the community and yeah it'll oh, it'll be there that's good to know I love that that's yeah. awesome all right I want to thank you so much Sammy I, I really appreciated your presentation that you did at the swell conference back in whenever the heck that was I don't even remember October. oh my god oh my fake. god really wow um and I'm so happy that you agreed to come on here and chat with me I am inspired thank by you. what you put out on social media so I appreciate you taking the time thank you so much for having me this is so wonderful Thanks again to Semi for overthinking with me about community today. You can find her BIPOC events on Instagram at Pocketbook Events. Thanks for listening.